give honor to uh, my beloved wife uh, today. Amen. Um, to each and every one of you. Um, just thankful to be alive on this Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Um, and y'all know that I'm not, well, some of y'all might not know, but I'm not a, I preach what, what the Lord give me. I don't make up service depending on what holiday it is. Because I need the word to be to be relevant, amen. Um, but um, for my title today, God has given me mama, I want to live. Amen. I'm going to tell y'all back. Some of y'all might have heard this story. Amen. Um, but my, my first question to everyone in here is, what do we do with the freedom that God gives us. You could have been anywhere else that you wanted to be on the day. And I'm pretty sure some of us have things in our life where, you know, and, and once again, just like the last Sunday I preached, I need y'all to allow me to talk to you. I think about my sister sitting right here, and I know, talking about my usher, I know this is a difficult time of year, and the Lord led me to start months ago just encouraging her so that she could get through this time of year. So when she walked through the door, I'm just like, I, I, I missed you. Like, she about to smile. She don't know. I'm smiling on the inside. I'm like, thank you, Lord. She showed up. You know, I don't take that for granted that she decided I'm going to show up today. Amen. 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 So we have all of this all of this freedom to make these choices that we want to make in our life. What do we do with it? What do we, what do, we do with it? And... It's this word in the Bible that has become one of my favorite words. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm, I'm pronouncing it with my southern accent. And it's nefesh. And in the Hebrew, it means the desire of life. It means when you start studying, it means soul. It's like your very reason for, li for living. Um, and when you read it in English, sometimes it translates into our English word of lust. But what God started allowing me to see is like we supposed to be like craving life, right? But sin gets in the way and makes us lust after other things. But really the same desire that you have for food and for sex or for drugs or whatever, you're supposed to have that same like addiction, that same lust, that same thirst for God. Amen, right? This Resurrection Sunday, we're talking about life. What, what is it that you craving today? What is it that you just like, man, this is, this is, I know this is what my life, right? My, my very reason for being alive, this is what it's all about. This is why I'm here. This is why I wake up in the morning. A lot of people can't answer that question. And then we wonder why we like feel so lost. But we were created to, to worship. So on this Sunday where we, we're celebrating the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, what are you desiring today? What we do with the life we have now and how we approach the death that's coming, because it's coming. Death started coming for you from the time you were born. So what we do with the life we have now and the death that's coming for us is going to shape our future. It's going to shape where we spend our eternity. And so in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, and y'all can remain seated. 
It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So every morning when you get up to go about your day, right? What are you storing up for eternity? What are you putting away for your, your final rainy day? Amen? Y'all quiet on me. We'll be still on your toes. What are you putting away for your rainy day? What, like what, what, what are you, where are you, what matters to you? When something matters to you, Right, you're going to treasure it. So y'all, I be I, I, I stayed up at two o'clock. I, you know, I, I deep dive because I want to give y'all the best. And so when I read, I don't just look up the words that I don't the hard words. I look up regular words because I want to make sure that I understand what the scripture is saying. And I looked up the word treasure. Right, a treasure is the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. But the part that got me it said. A casket, a coffer, or other receptacle where valuables are kept. And I said, a casket, right? And then, so I thought about like the pharaohs. When they die, you know, they want to get buried with all of their stuff. But when we die, put me in the grave knowing that I had Jesus. I want all the, I want, I want my works, I want my faith, I want everything that I did, right? Because Anything that you're not doing for Jesus, that don't matter. Only the stuff you do for God is going to last. Lord, I thank you. So Matthew tells us that where our, it tells us that where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Where's all your valuable stuff? Whose hand is it in? Right? When we think about when we think about value, we think about your bank account. Whose hand is that bank account in? We think about our houses and our cars. Who, who, whose hand is that stuff in? Right. So when your heart is with Jesus, your treasure, the things that you love, the things that you value are secure. Nobody can take it. When the word says, who can take you out of his hand? Nobody can take your stuff when all your stuff is with the Lord. When your stuff is with men, how many of y'all ever been cheated? How many of y'all ever bought a meal and didn't get all your food? You didn't get what you paid for. Right? How many times do we not get what, what, what we paid for? How many times somebody told you they're going to show up and they don't show up? How many times somebody told you they're going to come through and they don't come through? How many times somebody said, I'm always going to be there, and you turn around and they're not there? Amen. When you value all of the stuff in the world, eventually your feelings going to get hurt. But when your focus, when your treasure is Jesus, that thing is safe. It's safe. When the scripture says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is your heart? Your heart is the center. It's the seat of your spiritual life. It's the soul, the mind. It's the fountain or the seat of your thoughts, your passions, 
your desires, your appetites, your affection, your purposes, your endeavors, your understanding, your intelligence, your character, your will. That's all of that is your heart. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. When you love the things of Jesus, your heart is going to be on the things of Jesus. Mama, I want to live. My mama has this story. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss her telling it when she gone. I had to be, I don't know, I had to be somewhere in between Taylor Jr. and Ethan age. So this is 88, 1988, 90. So y'all think about how much you could buy back then. Inflation stuff high. But I had saved up about $75. That's a lot of money back in 1988. I had saved up a lot of money. And I was going to buy a Nintendo game. And I had this $75 and my mama said, don't you want to put 15 of it in the savings or the piggy bank? Don't you want to, don't you want to, you can get two games or you can get two of this for this, this one game that you're trying to buy. And eventually I got mad with her. I turned and said, Mom, I want to live. Ain't nobody trying to save no money. I want to live. At eight years old, like, let me, let me live my life. <laughs> I done saved him money. I'm going to spend it on what I want. Like, stop telling me. Stop telling me how to spend this money. Got the game. Buy your ability. I'm like, what is that? They ain't some money. Buy your ability. Right. You ain't never heard of that game before. I thought it was the best game ever. Y'all ain't never heard. If I said Super Mario, you'd be like, okay. Pac-Man, okay. No, buy your ability. I thought this was the best game ever. Got home, start playing, couldn't get off the first level. Man, don't want a controller. Want to tap the Nintendo. Mama just laughing. She just laughing. The moral of the story is we make choices every day to spend our lives doing what we want to do. And then we get upset when we don't get the result that God wants us to get out of our life. We walk around saying, it's my life. I work hard for these things. I I deserve. God, I want to live. It don't take all of that. Why I got to do all that? I want to live. Only to only to be disappointed and want to throw off at people when we don't get the result that we want. Whether good or bad, our choices speak to what we value and who we value. You can say all you want to that y'all don't understand. Life, life stuff just be like Tell me who life, who who alive that life ain't happening to? Tell me who on this earth that's alive that life is not happening to them? 
we make conscious choices to value the things that we want to value. And so God gave me this story, and this is going to be the, the, the rest of the sermon. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be reading fast, not to keep y'all long. But God gave me the, the, the narrative of Abraham and Lot. And the question that I want y'all to take away from this, this sermon is, what does it mean to live a blessed life? And so in Genesis 13, verses 1 through 4, it says that Abraham went north out of Egypt to the southern part of Canaan with his wife and everything he owned and Lot with, went with, with him. Lot is his nephew, right? And I have in my notes, right, how did he end up with his uncle? So I'm, I'm up all last night researching, and apparently this believed that Lot's father died in a fire, and Lot adopted his, I mean, and Abraham adopted Lot. So that's how he ended up. And I'm like, man, everything in the Bible. We be thinking we have it hard. Right? Like, like God don't understand. So the word says that Lot went with him. And the word says that Abraham took care of Lot after Haran was burned in a gigantic fire. This is, this is part of my notes. This is, you won't find this in the Bible. Right? This believe that he died in this gigantic, in this gigantic fire. The second verse says. Abraham was a very rich man with sheep and gold and cattle, as well as silver and gold. And then he left this one place and he moved to another place, going toward Bethel. He reached the place between Bethel and where I, where he had camped before, and he built an altar. And so that tells me that no matter where Abraham went, he always worshipped. He was used to moving. He was used to shifting. But he always worshipped and Lot was alone for the ride. Why am I making that a point? I'm, I'm making that a point because as I, as I look at my children, and I'm, I'm thankful to have all four of them in the house on today. And as you look at your children, as, as Kiara, as you holding your baby, and then y'all got honest and all these, and Taylor, as you look at Taylor Jr., our children grow up just like Lot grew up with Abraham. And I know he had the witness, no matter where my uncle went, this man is a worshiper. He moved from place to place. When he heard God's voice and God told him, I need you to move, I need you to go to the promised land, Lot was right there, right? This man invested. He took him in when he didn't have to. He took him in when his father died and said, I'm going to raise him as my own. Lot was there for the whole ride. When we get to the fifth verse, it says that Lot also had sheep, right? Goats and cattle as well as his own family and servants. And so there was not enough pasture land for the two of them to stay together because they had too many animals. And so as Lot grew up, he couldn't help but be blessed because he was around Abraham who was blessed. And I, in my brain, I'm saying he had to realize where the source of this blessing is coming from. Right? He had to... Now, the words say that Abram was very rich. It just say Lot had some stuff. So in my mind, if I see that Pastor T is very blessed, I'm not going to cover her stuff, but I'm going to say, Pastor T, now how you, how you do that thing? Now, I got some stuff, too, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bad off. I'm not where I used to be. But you got some different, you got some different stuff. Lord, I thank you. So the word says that Lot had some things and it was too much, right? It was too much for, 
for both of them. The land could not support both of them. And so I want to tell y'all that abundance does not always fix our problems. It actually makes decisions harder. Right? It makes decisions harder. It often makes them harder because, number one, we have a hard time departing with things. How many of y'all got stuff in y'all house that you ain't worn in years? How many of y'all got more shoes than you can count? Right? <laughs> right? We have a hard time. To, I'm just going to hold on to that because I don't know when I'm going to need it again. And you ain't using it in 10 years. I'm just going to hold on to it. We think that abundance fixes problems, right? And it can make some stuff easier. But for the most part, it makes things harder because, number one, we have a hard time departing with things. Or two, even if we have a lot, we still desire more and we'll do anything to get it. We never satisfied. So the word says that quarrels broke out between the men who took care of Abram's animals and those who took care of Lot's animals. Then it says at the same time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were still living in the land. So we see that the initial conflict, it wasn't even between Abraham and Lot. It was around the folks that were surrounding them. It was around their entourage. And the word mentions the Canaanite and the Perizzites because a lot of times we don't recognize that we fighting the wrong people. Abraham and Lot fighting, it should, in, in Lot's mind, it should have been like, okay, I need to go get my herdsmen in order because this is my uncle who raised me. This is my uncle who took care of me. This is my uncle who's a worshiper. This is my uncle who's blessed. He's never let me down. But they let all these outside influences make them bump hands with each other. How many of y'all got so many worldly outside influences you can't even receive the word right now? Or what's going in one ear and not the other? Right? The, the person or the people who are actually trying to bless you and walk with you and teach you and pray for you and who actually show up when you in need. Right? And then the folks on the outside who let you down, who talk bad about you, who don't support you, who don't pray for you, we make sure we come through for them. Mm. And the scripture mentions these other groups because God wants us to know that Abraham and Lot were fighting with each other when it was other enemies that were around. Y'all are not my enemy. Abraham knew that Lot was not his enemy, but he realized that this conflict, right? He said, I'd rather let you go. I'd rather let you go than make you hate me for making you stay. Yeah. Some of y'all, hey, y'all don't understand that as love. Amen. I would rather let you go and do what you're trying to do to let you, right, mama, I want to live. I would rather let you buy this game than for my mama to stop me and now I'm mad at her. Because I can't get what I want. Okay, buy the game. That's what you want. Spend all your money. But y'all don't recognize that as love. See, if I let you go, it's the same thing with the prodigal son. The prodigal son say, give me everything that's owed to me. The father said, okay, you want your inheritance? Here you go. Why? Because he knew that if you're going to get right, you're eventually going to have to come back to where you left. 
I don't care if you leave this church and go to another church. If you want to see Jesus, you're going to have to be holy. Abraham understood that. In Genesis 13, 89, the word says that Abraham said unto to Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Right? Abraham said, go your way. If thou would take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Well, if I go to the right hand, I will go to the left. Think about what Abraham is doing. Why, why, would, he, why would he give Lot the first choice? I give, he said, I, I give you the first choice because I'm going to be blessed no matter what because I'm a worshiper. Obviously, Lot, you living for this stuff. This stuff is, is what you feel is important. Your encouragement and your things is what you, you feel is You feel like that's the most important thing to you. So you, whatever you want, you can have it. It don't matter to me because I'm going to be all right because I'm a worshiper. It doesn't matter where I go. I'm going to be all right. It doesn't matter what job I have. I'm going to be all right. It don't matter what the money looks like. I'm going to be all right because I'm a worshiper. Go whichever way you want to go, Lot. 13th, the 10th verse says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. That it was watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. They say that the land that he chose was like the garden of Eden. Right? Even like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Right? And Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves one for another. Does that sound like appreciation? After all Abraham has done, Lot looked around and said, I'm going to take the best for me. He said, I'm going to take the best for me. By the time we get to the 12th verse, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I got a little bit more to go and I'll be done. I want y'all to understand something about Lot and his choice. The word says that Abraham dwelled Lot. So you just read that Lot went east. He said, I'm going east. Then the word says, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. One of the first questions I ask y'all is, what do you do with the freedom that God gives you? Right? I got two children out of the house. Is it going to be next and then Ethan? And how many of y'all, when you was in your mama's house, Put that TV off. Wash them dishes. Cut that grass. Take out that trash. Clean that room. And you be thinking, as soon as I get my own house, I won't do it. I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to buy the good. I tell the story. Y'all ain't never had Ringo's, have you? I think that's what they call them. You don't even know what they are. They supposed to be Cheerios, but they call Ringo. <laughs> so, my, so they in the bag on the bottom shelf. I'm, as soon as I'm, I'm eating the real cereal, yeah. I ain't even need the outbreak. I'm eating the real stuff. All the, I'm going, like when I get on my own, I'm going to have all of this freedom. I'm going to have all of this freedom. 
And that's why the word stress is like, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. I can imagine Lot, when you grow up with worshipers, sometimes you're like, man, I'm tired of worshiping. I'm tired of my mom and dad telling me to do this. I'm tired of trying to live right. I'm tired of all of this stuff. Like, Lot grew up with a worshiper. No matter where this man went, he was worshiping. So I can imagine Lot saying, man, he sure look good over there. <laughs> Where y'all think the saying, and I didn't make it ain't comforting, but I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say it comforting. Where y'all think the saying, the grass ain't always green on the other side. Amen. I'm gonna say it came from right here till y'all show me the income right there. But <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Everything in the Bible. The word says that the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. I can imagine lies say, man, it look like they have a good time over there. They turned up over there. They put like, whoo. That's where I'm going. And then the 14th verse says, And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that, Lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look. This is God talking to Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, After Lot was separated, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. So, so catch this. Lot went east, and when he was gone, God told Abraham, now look all around. I'm going to give you all of that. <laughs> so that includes what Lot just said was his. See, sometimes we think we're going to get more. Right, you just went east. Sometimes we think we're going to get more when we make this choice. And God, like, I'm really trying to give you all of these, but you so close-minded. And you so one side, you just want to do what you want to do that you can't. If you had to just stay with Abraham, I would have gave it all to you. You would have had it all. And that's the thing. When you are for self, when, when you are for yourself, the very thing that you think you're going to get, you're going to end up losing it in the end. It's all going to fall down. God told Abram in the 15th verse, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Why? Because Abram was a worshiper. Abram trusted, right? The father of faith. He trusted God. It goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. What do you desire? When you desire God, you can't help but be blessed. When you desire a husband, you're going to get a husband. And if husband cut up, you got, you got a husband. But do you have peace? Do you have love? Right? Even if you get a husband that love your husband die, then what? Then what? What's, what's left? You got to have Jesus. Jesus has to be the center. He has to be the desire. He has to be the focus. He has to be your treasure. He has to be the things of God have to be the things that you're storing up for yourself. After Abraham looked around the 18th verse says, and Abraham removed his tent. Right? He got his stuff, and he went 
And guess what it did? He built an altar to the Lord. When we start saying things like, I'll go if I have to go by myself, even when people make the choice to leave, even when people make the choice, I'm going over there. That's what I want. Just get your stuff. In the New Testament, Jesus taught the disciples what? Dust your wood. Dust your feet off. And go to the wood. Go on over there and do what? Do what you were called to do. Keep worshiping. Don't switch up for people. They want to live their life. Let them live their life. Right? You got to determine how you want to live your life. And so, for, without making this any longer, y'all go read the story a lot. That thing there gets, gets wicked. You talking about uh, made-for-TV drama. I mean, he, he is in one of the most wicked places in the world. He gets captured. Abraham rescues him. And guess what this man do? Go back. Go back again. He goes back into the world again. Even when God said, I'm going to rain fire, the angels had to drag him out. He did not want to voluntarily leave. And because he raised his daughters, two of them were married, two of them were engaged. He told the two married, the, the, the two husbands, he said, come on, God going to destroy the city. The husbands laughed in, in, in Abraham's face. They laughed in his face. Them and their wives were burned. The two daughters who were engaged, their fiancés perished as well, and they end up going with Lot. And because Lot raised his daughters in such a sinful environment, and they had never seen anything but Sodom, when the, when the fire rained on them, they thought the whole world was coming to an end. They thought it was just like the flood, like God just destroyed the whole earth. That's all they had ever seen. So in their mind, we're going to sleep with daddy just so that the human race, I tell you, go read your Bible. It's good. We're going to sleep with, we're going to sleep with our father so that the human race won't disappear off the face of the earth. And from their families, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and you get on down the roof and all it like, ooh, it's good. Why am I telling you this story, right? So the, the main thing about the story of Lot is whoever is driven by his hunger, his nefesh, his appetite for sin, right? For what you want will eventually be fed from your own flesh. Whatever you desire, that's what you're going to get. The Bible says that God will withhold no good thing from you. When you want the things of God, you're going to receive them. When you want to be all about you and get what you want, you're going to receive them. That's what free will is, y'all. That's what free will is. It's the ability to make a choice. You can't make the rules, but God is willing to tell you the rules. He's willing to tell you what's going to happen before you do it. And then he allows you to make whatever choice you want to make. He wants you to choose life, but for whatever reason, we choose death. And so I, I, I'm, I'm coming in, um, JJ. So for whatever reason, from the time we little like this, we have this thing in us that say, Mom, I want to live. 
I want to do what I want to do. Right? And we got some parents that will allow it. Me and parents are teach stay all the time. Y'all get each other too many choices. I ain't had no choice. Especially when Ryan, my mom and them was, they was all right, but my grandma and them, you get smacked. You had no choice. When they said it was time to eat, it was time to eat. If you ain't eat, get what? Y'all children tell y'all, mama, I don't want that. I'm going to go here. And y'all take them. Y'all take them. Buy whatever they want. So what are you teaching them? What are you teaching them? You're teaching them that you can have whatever you want. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. Choose life on the day. God gave you free will. He gave you freedom for a reason. Choose Christ on today. Choose Christ on today. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and get the Lord a hand.